Welcome to the Trend Detection Podcast, powered by Sensei, an industry leader in using AI to drive scalable and sustainable asset performance and reliability. For this three-part series, I'm joined by Burak Palat, CEO at SkySense, a company that is focused on creating user-centric IoT infrastructures for every enterprise. In the third and final episode of this series, we discuss how to get the C-level excited about agile predictive monitoring and the key trends in industrial IoT. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, that's that's really clear, and I think I think um, I think we see the similar at Sensei in terms of your point about influencing the C level, uh, yeah, and and the people on the floor as well. All those stakeholders actually replicate what we focus on too. I guess my next question would be around the C level and how, and it's a very difficult thing to do, but how, how do you influence the the C level towards you know how do you get them? thinking and excited about a project around agile um, predictive monitoring? Um, well, I mean, uh, they, they are kind of, uh, they, they, of course, I mean, as, as a C-level, they want to see uh, uh, clear results, right? And they want to see uh, a very clear target, uh, very clear outcome of the, of the initiative. Uh, but they have they have multiple things. Uh, I mean, they're they're juggling uh, around with like multiple things at the same time, right? They are struggling about increasing their work uh, health and safety because they had some problems maybe like a month ago or something, uh, and they want to create like more uh, quality product in order to sell it better, and uh, they want to you know decrease their cost, uh, reduce their cost in order to increase their profits. Uh, so they, they have multiple things on board, but everything comes to the financials, right? I mean, uh, as a, as a, we always think, uh, C levels only think with the finances, right? So, uh, we are trying to, we are trying to embed ourselves into their financial, uh, outcome. We always talk about numbers. Uh, if you're talking about predictive maintenance, you need to talk about, how much money they are losing uh, if uh, some machinery broke down in the middle of the production cycle, right? Uh, or how much money they are currently losing, like every second they are losing because they are not using their energy efficiently. How much money they can be lost or how much uh, negative publicity their company can uh, have if some worker got sick because of bad air quality or because of... Uh, uh, some some work accident or something that, like that. So we we are talking about those end results when we talk with the C level. I mean, you need to be as clear as possible, as simple as possible uh, for for C level to get their attention and to have their valuable time uh, for for the for the for the application to move forward. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about having a different mindset depending on the, the stakeholder you're, you're talking yeah. to and really focusing on their, their day-to-day concerns, I guess, is simple when you put it like and that. And it also, yeah. it also differentiates if, uh, if the boss is around or not. <laughs> For example, if the company is small, uh, they only have like one boss, right, sometimes. 
and that guy is the uh, is the budget holder right uh, they say uh, he he or she say yes or no to to implement some project but if the company is really big they you usually don't see who is holding the budget right there are like multiple owners like like different partners it's a multinational company sometimes so uh, yeah, in that sense if you're t- talking about the money or the or the outcome uh you need to be very specific for those people because they're also selling this idea to a other person. They are not deciding by themselves. So uh, it also can change according to ownership of the company or the scale of the company that you are facing with. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as we as we still get to the final part of our um, conversation, I just wanted to shift the conversation to more of a broader sort of industry topic, let's say, and just get your view on what, the current trends you're seeing in industry IoT, industry IoT, <laughs> um, industrial IoT, think, yeah. that's the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> industrial IoT, yeah. I was getting, I was getting mixed or, up I with mean, my friend. Uh, yeah. yeah, or you can just say industrial digitalization efforts, right? Yeah, or, there we uh, go. Industrial <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean... Uh, what we see is uh, big players who already started earlier with with the bigger budgets, uh, with uh, better consultant support. They already uh, come to a point that they have the data, they have the connection, they have the platform, but they are struggling to add smartness on their platform. So, for example, if we go to a, a very mature, digital mature company, a large enterprise, they always ask us, Okay, we have the data. Uh, I mean, maybe they don't have data, by the way, for the specific application, but in general, they can bring some quality data. They have, they already uh, passed those steps. Uh, So they say like, we have the data, but we are not uh, creating some meaningful results out of it because like they cannot reach a good analytics engineer, like good data science engineers uh, who can understand the process but at the same time, who can understand the data and the data handling and the, and the other software-related issues? So uh, they they are at that's at that level. Uh, they have the data and they are trying to make it meaningful. Uh, other smaller players, I mean, um, like five six years ago, uh, they they didn't understand what what you mean when you say like IoT or something and you were at that point but right now they they don't understand they have the knowledge base and they can feel that they have to do something because of the competition because of the uh because not they don't want to lose their competitive edge they want to produce more quality products etc so the awareness is uh, there uh, but they are also struggling to start small because like almost i mean not not the all web but but most of the platforms today they being designed for the big players they require a lot of investment to start they require a lot of uh expertise uh in order to implement a, a good solution so they they kind of uh, struggling to where to start uh in order to make an efficient industrial digital uh, application and also this uh, global seismic shifts uh, about uh, manufacturing is uh, going away uh, from from China and they are, you know, try to uh, 
uh, bring at least the, the high tech products uh, into Europe or into US again. Uh, so this manufacturing, I mean, there, there is a there is a improving uh, excitement about the manufacturing, uh, even even though with the current global financial uh, situation with the higher interest rates, with the higher inflation everywhere. Uh, I think still uh, the venture money, the venture capital money is uh, targeting more this type of uh, companies like industrial IoT or industrial uh, industrial 4 applications because of this reason, because because the manufacturing is becoming more, uh, more interesting uh, again, uh, like 40, 50 years ago. So uh, this is also creating a lot of excitement for for the lot of uh, mid-sized player uh, mostly and, and you also mentioned um uh, about smart technology and you have um a smart sort of industry concept so i was wondering whether you could sort of talk a bit more about that and explain exactly what that is uh i mean uh, so if you uh, the um, yeah, I mean, it, if you think about like smart industry concepts, uh, I mean, uh, a place where uh, everything is defined, I can say, I mean, uh, no chaos, uh, involved in daily operations, uh, everything is defined, uh, and, uh, everything is uh, smart and adaptive. To daily operations, there's no, uh, I mean, there's no unused technology uh, already implemented inside the system because, like, we always see that somebody initiated some product, some project, and they are they purchased some product, hardware or software, and they are using it, but nobody knows it, right? So uh, I think this uh, smart industry concepts in, uh, concept should involve a lot of collaboration. Uh, between the between the workers, uh, between the employees, uh, between the uh, between the stakeholders, a lot of collaboration it, it needs to be done, and also uh, the, the data, the real time data or historic data should be always readily available uh, for people who wants to use it because like once you make it make the data available it is very easy to to start to do at least some small analytics right i mean it still might be uh, hard to deploy more in-depth analysis but uh, most of the problems that we face today is just uh it's just practical problems uh on 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 the field i mean the for example uh i would imagine you also are having struggled to find the right data uh for the for the enterprise itself in order to deploy the sensor and go forward right we are we are always having the same problem so uh i mean i would imagine uh the the the, the smart industry uh should be uh, uh should have a, a good and practical data hub hub uh which includes every kind of data readily available for the for the uh, people who wants to do some analytics out of it, and uh, other part is they need to be fast and responsive. What I mean is, 
I mean, yes, manufacturing uh, is shifting. It is coming uh, home uh, from uh, overseas. And yes, uh, I mean, they will be more, uh, I mean, it, it is not going to be, probably not going to be as fast, fast as before, but it will be still be a dynamic environment, right? The, the orders will be changing, the models, the product models uh, will be changing, product definitions will be changing. So the smart concept needs to be adaptive to different changes. And with the more like global uh, fast pay, pace financial instruments, uh, the investing will be easier for the most of the uh, industrial enterprises. So which means that improvements will, will happen on the ground uh, on a fast pace. So systems needs to be adaptive and responsive uh, to these uh, different changes. And also for the, for the logistic improvements, for the logistic efficiency. And uh, I think the and, and as, a, as a last point, uh, I think the most important one is the health, uh, healthy and happy uh, environment for the workers. I mean, we always think that manufacturing spaces should be uh, boring, should be dull, right, for the workers, because it, it needs to be very well-defined, very, very strict. Uh, but it shouldn't be the case because like the, the I mean, uh, every day we, we hear that, we see that robots uh, and the automation is taking uh, place of the worker, but the worker itself, uh, he or she, uh, is should be uh, getting to the point should be act like a like a manager like a like a decision maker for this automation system for the, these robotics so their place should be uh, at, at the control uh, controlled environment controlling all those different robots all those different operators so all those uh, robots uh, and automation systems. So the, the worker, the blue collar workers are becoming the operators. Uh, I mean, not just doing the physical work. Uh, so for them, it needs to be a healthy and, and happy environment. Uh, to, to create a happy environment, uh, you don't have to, you know, like provide some, some snacks or something like that. It, it doesn't work like that. You need to provide some, uh, some context, some, some meaning into their job, right? they should have the ability to improve it according to their understanding of the of the business understanding of the operation so you need to give them some tools at least to test some ideas to test some hypothesis about this process that they are uh, they are using they are managing uh, and uh, let them to to let them to choose if they want to improve it or not if they want to continue with the way things uh, uh, before or not, without hindering the overall operation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the, the most important part is to uh, create an environment where people uh, can work happily and productive uh, at the same time. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think you've covered quite a lot of the, the final questions, which is nice. It was a nice sort of summary, so that's really good. Um, what one thing I wanted to um, point out that you talked about data being closed is it is there a reason and the importance of to make it more available is there a reason why it's so closed off at the minute uh i think we are just we are just getting to a point for or any industry enterprise to understand that data by itself 
uh, is kind of a meaningless. Uh, it, it is meaningful if you make it a knowledge or if you create some, uh, some insights from out of it, right? Uh, so when they first start to capture data in 90s or 80s, for the for the large enterprises, they only think about controlling the device. They, that's why they they get the data in order to remotely control the operation or remotely control the process. So that's why for for them, data is the controlling of the asset. But to, today it's not. I mean, today it is it is for the creating the insight, right? So that's why their their brains, like their thinking style, evolved around data is. By itself, it is very, very, very important. You you shouldn't be connecting data everywhere. You shouldn't create some uh, integrations or something like that. Because if you do, your uh, your bread and basket, uh, like your your uh, money making machine, will hurdle. I mean, we will we'll have a problem, and you you will have some catastrophic events. But if you if you act right if you act in uh, with a with a prominent with, with a clear security strategy you have you can do everything with data without hindering your ot security right if you uh, if you put your firewalls right if you integrate your uh, your secure gateways if you use some uh, security products already embedded with your ot networks it is i mean you don't you don't have to worry about anything and you can start working on the data so uh, I think we are we are having this transition uh, about the thinking about the industrial data, and uh, after this transition, uh, it will be much easier for everybody to to just to create some insights out of some industrial data, and I believe there will be uh, there will be some kind of a decentralized. Uh, industrial data uh, hub uh, will be available because like we are using the products uh, which we bought it from which we buy from the market supermarkets or something like that but we don't know how it is being manufactured right and we don't have any idea about the inner uh, inner operation of this manufacturing which heavily affects the environment which heavily affects our lives so uh, I think world is uh, going to some kind of uh, uh, integral uh, data approach for every type of industry. Uh, but because of the reason that where they are coming from, they still have problems. Uh, they still have concerns about opening this data up for the, uh, for the analytics and other, other applications. Absolutely, absolutely. I see. See, we're running out of time um, here. It's been a really good conversation. I just think it'd be would be a great way to end. Would be if you could just summarize, say, a few key takeaways for the audience on how to sort of enable agile predictive monitoring, and then also how they can find out more about SkySense. Of course, of course. I mean, thank you for your time. By the way, it's it's a it's a wonderful uh, exchange. It, it has been a wonderful exchange for me too. Uh, so, uh, I mean, when you think about agile predictive monitoring, I think uh, people should think about starting small and adapting this all these digitalization efforts into their existing uh, infrastructure in terms of. Uh, the physical or in terms of workflows, in terms of digital uh, structures. 
very easily. That's the agility is the key. Agility the keyword for us. Uh, and if they want to start small, if they want to uh, improve their uh, their workforce capabilities, uh, or if they want to improve their existing application for predictive maintenance, for energy efficiency, or for production quality, they should uh, consider uh, agile predictive monitoring concept. Uh, and if they want to find us, they can just visit our website, www.skysense.io, uh, and uh, we can we can take from there. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you, Burak, for a really interesting conversation. Lots of um, great insights for our audience to take away. And so, yeah, so that's all I have to say. Thank you for participating, and, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Thank you. So that was our final part of our series, Diving Into Agile Predictive Monitoring. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe via your favorite podcast provider if you'd like to be notified about future episodes. And it would really mean a lot if you could let us know your feedback by leaving us a review. You can find out more about how Sensei can reduce unplanned downtime and contribute towards improved sustainability within your manufacturing plants by visiting sensei.io. Thanks a lot for listening.